If you're looking to save some money on your wireless plan, take a look at Visible Wireless. They're a transparent wireless carrier with nothing to hide. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. Switch to Visible where you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. One-line wireless, just 25 bucks a month with taxes and fees included. That's unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Switch now at Visible.com. You shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but you can judge a company by its name. Like Visible, the wireless company making wireless visible. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Sorry. <laughs> hey everyone, and welcome to the Three Red Lights Podcast. This is episode 136. It is uh, early February 2010, in case you're listening to this from some distant time in the from future. the past. Or the past. <laughs> I'm your host, Eric Rudvig, back from a little bit of a hiatus, and uh, with uh, me, as always, is the, the dapper Charles Onyet. Dapper? Yep. Is that... Okay. All right. Yeah, I'll accept that. We'll go with that. <laughs> and the uh, giggle crazy David Clayman. Oh, I'd rather be dapper. No, you're not um, dapper. Ah, giggle crazy. You're not dapper. It sounds like a Wii game. Ah, oh, it does. <laughs> I was just reading article comments on my phone from uh, a review that just went up, and they're pretty hilarious. Oh, what review? Um, the White Knight Chronicles review. Oh, I hear that did not get a good review. Uh, no, Ryan uh, Ryan Clements reviewed that. He's appeared on this podcast before. Yep. Charles, is that the Mass Effect 2 killer? Uh, no. <laughs> Apparently it's not. And I've spent uh, the past week or so listening to Ryan curse and scream at his uh, television while playing that game, and yeah, it's uh, it's a Sony-published RPG, and it's uh, apparently not very good. Could you divide Mass Effect score by White Knight score and get a whole number? Almost. <laughs> Just about. Actually. Well, yeah, but yeah. Yeah, you could. Yeah, you could. Owned. But. Um, yeah. But yeah, you, Eric, you missed our uh, our last podcast that went up, which was the uh, IGN for Haiti uh, podcast. Yeah, I don't think that one actually went up. Okay, did we not publish that? Cause nah, I don't think we published. It's probably that. better because it was pretty much just <laughs> it's pre- it was pretty much just an hour. I mean, it was for a good cause, so that yeah. was nice, and you know, it helped raise money and that sort of thing. But it was also pretty much just about an hour long of we gotta go back, quoting from Lost. Oh, nice. Which is when Jack is screaming, "We gotta go back." If you do something we horrible, gotta go back. <laughs> if you do something horrible for a good cause, is are you left with a net good or bad? I don't know. I think mm. that. That, are you just, that episode, are you just the same as you were before you did it. That lost episode, which will eternally remain in the ether at this point, uh, would not answer that question at all. In fact, uh, it would probably say that you actually did more more harm than good. Uh, that episode didn't do anything <laughs> <laughs> worth noting. But Lost was on uh, last night. Last night, yeah. 
Yeah. So apparently there's like two. Apparently now we have to talk about it for an hour. Well, that, I mean, we could. The, we're going to follow tradition. We got to go back, and then they did go they they give a they give a go back. Well, they sort of went back. <laughs> they did a go back. Well, I don't know because the they tense. they went to <laughs> give a go back. No, but they went forward, right? Because they blew that bomb up, oh, and yeah. then, then they sort they they give a go they back. Go, they go but go forward. Go, give a go back. <laughs> go but go forward. <laughs> but they went forward. They went forward to two different time they zones. Go, they though. go but go forwarded. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they they're like alternate they go dimensions the green, now. The green hill zone. Uh yeah actually well In sort casino of casino zone yeah. <laughs> they did there was like a level transition in Lost because they're just walking around the island and they're like uh, all of a sudden there was a loading screen uh there sort of was a loading screen because yeah. they went into the this like Zelda maze where it's like if you go the wrong way then you just end up in the same place again and then people knock them out and then there was a loading screen and then they're in like Temple World and it's like well where the hell did this come from yeah they hmm. so they split realities uh, which I think everybody saw coming. I think the writers. I didn't, see that. I didn't see that. coming. Oh, really? I think the writers just wrote down like threads that were on message boards. They're like, "Oh, that's a good idea. We'll go with that one." <laughs> but it doesn't make sense with this. Who cares? Yeah, who cares? Doesn't matter. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't. I don't know where it's going now. But yeah, they're they're basically existing in. in spoiler alert. I guess. It's not a spoiler. The show just happened last night. Yeah, I mean, Too I bad. guess. I guess the people who in are the world probably of TiVo. yeah Why? watching Lost at this point are 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 caught up on this. But... I'm on season one. Who's Jack? No, it's they split realities. I think it's kind of cool i don't think they're gonna i wasn't expecting anything amazing well i kind of wish that they all died <laughs> so yeah there, there was the bomb explosion there's still, still some episodes there was left. the bomb explosion and there's yeah. there's versions of them still on the island and then there's versions of them who are on the plane at the very start of the entire series yeah uh who didn't crash like the plane just the plane continues landed going, in la and it, is, it actually yeah. lands and the only thing that's really missing is the desmond is on the plane which is weird um, because he was in the hatch before. Oh yeah, reality slightly altered. Yeah, so there there are little differences. And like, uh, what's his face? The the old white guy. I don't remember his name. Um, I know. He's like sitting in the front of the plane, wasn't he? In the he was one of the others though originally. Oh, oh yeah, everybody's sitting in different places, and they all have different backstories. Um, you know, Locke actually went on his walkabout, and I don't remember if he did or not. I don't know. The story's too complicated. Yeah. But well, and, and like Hurley, Hurley <laughs> That's is the goal. No... They're just going to confuse everybody to the point of everyone just going, what? Yeah, when they, yeah, when they, 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 they changed all the backstories, though, because Hurley is like now the luckiest guy in the world, and he's still uh, got his chicken franchise, and there wasn't like it. Didn't he get hit with a meteor like that? Yeah. <laughs> that was how he lost his chicken franchise. Yeah, I wish I could remember the reporter's <laughs> name who was there, because he kept saying her name over and over again. I wonder if she was a real reporter. You know this game would make, uh, this would make the best JRPG. I know. Well, it's such a shame that the game, would, did you play the game? No, I didn't play it's it. like via, via I watched Domus. you play a little yeah. bit of it, and I laughed at you it's, for playing it. It's like 23 minutes long. That's why yeah. you should play it because you know you're like, oh, this game's silly, and then it's over, and you're like, huh, all right, whatever. Um, but it would make such a great game. So many parts of it would make a great game. And, I don't know uh, what you would actually play though, because most of the time everyone's just standing around like no, trying. That's why it's got to be a JRPG. You just go grind in the in the jungle. Yeah. But what do you what do you grind the... though? Who cares? Monkeys, monkeys, or whatever. It doesn't matter. Smoke monsters, polar bears. There's another one. Ah, damn it! Damn these random battles. Oh, but they finally did confirm, (laughs) confirm for for sure the the origin, or at least what the smoke monster is. It's the incarnation of the evil guy. It's just evil guy who's been what Satan or something like Loki, fallen angel, some something. Who knows? Who cares? They finally confirm something that makes no sense, and we don't know what it you is. You have to yeah. take a who cares approach with Lost, though. You can't dwell on anything. No, you can't. It, I mean, as soon as you do, way too many questions come up. Too many questions, and the ultimate answer is who cares? Because the writers don't care, obviously. Like they don't have a <laughs> you master don't, plan. You don't think the writers care? No, I don't think. I mean, they care about the show. 
They don't care about the answers. The answers are not the point. The it was point never is about to, the answers. Yeah, it's about to entertain. Right. It's not like the writers know the secret of the universe and they're hiding it in Lost. No, they are. <laughs> yeah, the secret of the universe is actually in that show. <laughs> You're not going to learn anything more than you would normally learn from a television show. You or could watch JRPG. House or a JRPG. I don't know. Hey, you learn a lot of stuff from House. You learn a lot of crazy medical conditions that are totally portrayed realistically. And also you learn that you can break any ethics violations whatsoever and never as get reprimanded for As long as it's for a good for cause. Yeah. Yeah. See? For the greater good. For as long, you can do whatever you want <laughs> as long as it's for the greater good. Allegedly. That's the theme of this podcast. If you do something bad for a good reason. It's okay. It's okay. And it will never get published on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> don't do it on the internet. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I mean Lost wasn't all that surprising. You know, last season ended with a bomb going off. I don't watch Lost. Yeah, no, I'm just I'm saying <laughs> for, those you, for those of you who don't watch Lost, it, you're it looking at me like I was supposed to confirm that. No, 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 sure. no. Yeah, I, a bomb went off. I remember that. No, I'm looking at you as someone who didn't know that a bomb yeah. went off. No, but it didn't. So it went off. So you're like, oh, what's going to happen? Well, nothing happened. They're like, eh, nothing happened. Yeah, they're just sort of back. <laughs> they're, they're back on the island in a different time period. And everyone's that episode like, didn't happen. Yeah, it's kind, like, it's kind of like watching Friends, where you're like, wait a minute. Didn't this happen? And they're, they're like, whatever. Yeah, who cares? Uh, not anymore. I, I don't not, remember the friend storyline. Not really. You know, Ross and Rachel. Ross and Rachel know, had to get together, and then you know there was a monkey at one point. <laughs> but there, that was it. I do remember the monkey. Somehow <laughs> there, are, there was a goose too. It was and Joey's then, pet. And I then think. you know they all, could, they all could like, work in like coffee shops and live in penthouse apartments. <laughs> yeah, that was it like made the, sense. that was like the largest apartment of all time. That apartment. It was so ridiculous. That probably would I lived have cost, in Manhattan. That probably would have cost like 20000 a day. I, yeah. I lived in Manhattan. <laughs> I basically spent all my money on rent. And uh, I think my entire apartment was the size of like their bathroom. And it was a two-bedroom apartment. I lived in Eric's apartment for a summer. <laughs> true. <laughs> on the floor, rent-free. And it was the size of a bathroom. <laughs> Which makes it probably pretty uncomfortable. Was, the toilet, on the floor. was, the, was the toilet seat your pillow? Some nights. Oh. <laughs> Once in a while. Once yeah. in a while. Uh, what were you we talking about? Well, Lost. Oh, Lost. So, well, yeah, yeah. One more thing about Lost. One more thing. Uh, so the one thing that I wanted was for Juliet to die. Like, they basically dropped her into a giant garbage disposal, blended her up, stuck some rebar through her, and then she went like, blah, and then a bomb went off and into her face. No, which she hit. She, she was smacking she the bomb set, with a stone. She set an A-bomb off in her own face <laughs> after falling down a well, having rebar shoved through her chest, and giant metal... A building basically crushed her. Yeah, an entire construction crane fell on her. And that within the first 15 minutes, she's like, ah, I'm alive. Sawyer? <laughs> no, come on. Life and death means nothing in this show now. No, it doesn't. Because, I mean, if – well, and she was clearly alive like somewhere else. Like she'd been phased out or something. Yeah. Because she was making no sense when Sawyer finally got down there and he was like, uh, uh, I love you so much, blah, blah. And it's like, shut up. Yeah. And then she's like, oh, let's go get some coffee. And it's like, what are you talking about? So she, I mean, that may have been like an an interdimensional conversation there, because Desmond used to like phase in and out of of I reality. I can't wait for it to end with somebody waking up, and then it's just an episode of The Twilight Zone. Yeah. They, they actually go back to Rod Serling somehow. He's yeah. alive again, <laughs> and, he, and he just goes submitted for your approval. Well, well what's um, there's, oh, a, no, no. there's a guy in the show who looks exactly like Rod Serling. Uh, what's his name? The guy that never ages. Oh, uh, Leonidas. No, Le- the guy who plays the guy who plays Xerxes. That's not the guy who plays Xerxes. It's not. I don't think so. I think it is. From three hundred. Do you remember that? What's that movie where the girls uh, fall in the pit and it's a horror movie? Uh, the, pit. The, the pit. No, no. <laughs> that's definitely not it. 
Well, anyway, the the one with the ruins. Yeah, the ruins. No, not the ruins. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I stumbled on that one pretty easily. <laughs> no, the women go spelunking. You know the horror movie. Oh, the descent. The descent. Yeah. There's a scene in that movie where the woman basically like turns her friend's face to applesauce with a rock. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then the woman's like, "I'm still alive." <laughs> you're like, you, 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 gotta, you gotta just help me. Yeah. You're like, you don't have a head. We gotta go back. Yeah, we gotta go back. <laughs> Your neck is lying in a pool of like oatmeal. And she's like, no, I'm still alive. That's what I felt like Juliet was like, whatever. Well, she's sort of, I mean, she, she died in that in that version of reality, but she may be alive in another one. She probably is. <sighs> yeah, unfortunately, yeah. Um, but I don't know. I thought, it was, I thought it was a pretty good opening to the season. Like, I'm, I'm going to stay interested. It's just like, I hope the people who, because I never expected that plane that didn't crash mm. in, in this season mm. to land. I thought something was going to happen before right. it would land. Because once they land, then everyone scatters, and it's like, well, are they? is it just going to be a huge convoluted storyline of people running around L.A. the whole time? So, I don't know. It, it seems sort of like that's what's happening, because uh, Kate already like ran off in a cab or whatever. with. So, so it turned into Jurassic Park 3, they got to L.A.? Uh, the end of the end of Jurassic Park two actually. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yes. Three was the pterodactyl. When, That's right. You're right. When, yeah, the end of so yeah, turning the end, the end of two of when you're Jurassic like, all right, the movie's over. The movie's over. And oh it's like, god, wait, Tyrannosaurus Rex in L A. There's a T Rex in some kid's swimming pool. This is the worst <laughs> movie ever. This is so dumb. Yeah. But it, and and what's her face was on uh, was in the cab with Kate. Uh, Claire. <laughs> the baby. What about my baby? But Charlie. Charlie. <laughs> Who, and she was previously in, uh, she was like in the cabin or something. Like she took off. I have no idea. I can't remember what happened to her. I don't remember what happened to her either. All she, I know is that this is a, the season is a great excuse to bring back all the characters that were dead because they went back in alternate realities. So you're like, I remember him. He was so great. So yeah, now they've got al- alternate realities that apparently all the characters can exist in because they altered the entire 30 years. So a lot of people's back history is have changed yeah yeah and um what's a demon guy whatever his name is hmm. can apparently take anyone's form who has died on the island or something like that yes and also hurley can see ghosts and also this episode contained three versions of Locke. so in, if you weren't a big fan of Locke, well yeah but... there's there's deadlock there's there's la lock Deadlock. and then deadlock. yeah deadlock ah. <laughs> Yeah, Deadlock, L.A. Lock, who's still in the wheelchair, who just drops uh, wisdom bombs on everyone, apparently. So that's what he did with Jack. I would punch that guy in the head so hard. <laughs> it's like, your dad wasn't lost. Just his body was like, you shut up! Yeah, like, I spilled coffee on my shirt. It's just your shirt. Did right you sp- to the face. <laughs> did you spill the coffee? Or did you shut up, sir? <laughs> I am going to elbow you in the nose don't need any more wisdom bombs than I get on a daily basis from reading IGN. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I should check that comments there again, by yeah, the way. Yeah, you should. But anyway, yeah, Lost is uh, is probably going to be pretty good. And I guess we're just going to continue talking about it on the podcast. I don't know. We, no games are coming out this week. Um, well, I, so, so, XBLA? Or? So, I mean, uh, actually, that one's worth talking about. On XBLA, Chime came out. Ooh. Or, yeah, it came out today. It's kind of like a Luminez. It's basically a Luminez ripoff. I'm interested. Except it's not. <laughs> except it's not falling block. So I you actually slide stuff around. Still interested. And it's only five bucks, and all the proceeds go to charity. Okay. Uh, and, you, it's had not bad. Me at, you had me at Luminous. Yeah. Well, yeah, because Dave, I think you've played, what, like seven – it's like seven billion hours of Luminous, right, somewhere in there? I mean, I bought a PSP when it came out with Luminous, and I never took it out, so <laughs> – 
I only, I've only played a little bit of Chime. I don't think that's, that's not an exaggeration either. <laughs> no, no, it's not. No. I've only played a little bit of Chime, and I got the Luminous feel from it. Yeah. Uh, it's not as good as Luminous. I don't How's think. the music? Uh, the music, there, it's all licensed stuff. There's actually a track by Moby. Oh, good. So the, it's, the way it is is you try to fill up this uh, rectangular space with different pieces. Yeah. And the more you fill it in, the like new elements get added to the song. So they're all kind of like ambient electronica stuff. Oh, man. This sounds like the greatest game of all time. I saw it. I saw it was one of the most popular on IGN. I was like, "What is this?" I didn't, it's I didn't a. Uh, it's a super like the presentation is super, super crap because the, oh, the guys who really? made it were uh, they did it during their spare time. Oh. They just and uh, they were like, "Whatever, yeah. it's, we're doing it for charity." So like the menu system looks really bad. The game's fun though. It's just a simple puzzle game. Yeah, that's too bad. Uh, one of the best parts of Luminous is that it's so flashy and pretty. Yeah, that, you, don't, you don't get that here. Yeah, it's kind of it. It matches the music in that respect. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I couldn't stand about because I, I went and I got Luminous Two uh, on mm-hmm. PSV, and I was pretty excited to play that on some plane rides. Mm-hmm. And man, the Black Eyed Peas stuff in there just ruined the entire game for me. Yeah, that yeah. song is so annoying, and there's like two of them, and it, uh, yeah. like the fact that you have to play through it every time if you do that, it, like yeah. I can't get that out of there, and it's it's it just I can't play that game anymore. I mean, like <laughs> Miz, when Mizu, Mizuguchi has said a few times that one of his good friends, I don't know what his good friend's name is, does most of the music in his game, or at least helps him pick it or whatever. Yeah, most of the tracks are good. Uh, they they know more than anything what tracks you can loop. Yeah. Infinitely. And not all tracks in the original Luminez are just electronic loops. That Some of them are, you know, hit singles, but they're hit singles that you could run loop. in a loop forever and they're still pleasing. Uh, you can't do that with pop songs that have hooks or structure, really. I mean, unless it's Miley Cyrus. Well, yeah, of course. Yeah. Unless it was Party. Or, the, or I, I mean, I'm surprised yeah, a Party in the USA uh, Luminez game hasn't come out yet because that would just, I mean, come on. How many copies would that sell? I don't know. It's just wasted money. People are losing out on that money. I know. Yeah. Should really put that out. Playing 360 like, yeah. Right? Am I right? So, wait. Yeah, there's kind of this... Uh, it would be on PSP, but Aside from Chime, no. there's this big hole this week. Basically, everyone ran away from Mass Effect 2, mm-hmm. and then next week is Bioshock 2. Ooh, so everyone's my. like, I'm not putting out a game in between there. Yeah, you got massive AAA's titles. Am I right? Well, I think there's a Charles. review... Isn't there a review of... Uh, what's it called? Uh, that action game from EA? Dante's Inferno. Uh, Dante's Inferno. That's coming out next week, though. Isn't oh, that it? is coming out next week, isn't it? Or is that this week? Who cares? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know when that's coming out, but I don't, I don't know when that review is going that, out either. Game, actually, Dave brought this up the other day, and it's a good point. Uh, no matter what, with Dante's Inferno, I don't know. It might be a good game. I think our review is, is actually going up today, okay. um, and I haven't, I haven't actually spoken. Jeff Haynes is reviewing. I don't know whether it, whether he enjoyed it or not. But the thing about Dante's Inferno is every time you watch a movie or see a screenshot, and then two seconds later look at God of War 3, you're just like, yeah, I'll just wait for God of War 3. It's basically basically my opinion on it. Yeah, well, in terms of like if I'm buying games and I'm looking for an action game right yeah, now, if I've I, already played like Bayonetta and tried out Darksiders or something, then... Then I can, I can wait yeah, for, for God, God of War, War 3. 3 is soon, right? Yeah. That's not I guess if you don't off. have a 360, your, your Dante's Inferno is probably your best bet. But a, if you have a PS3. A PS3. Yeah. But if you have a PS3, I, I mean, I don't know. I can't. Here's the thing. If, if I'm you, buying one action game, I'm buying God of War 3. I've right. sat next to Jeff for quite a long time while he's playing Dante's Inferno because I'm just sort of intrigued by it. And uh, if you haven't bought any games this year yet and you don't like Mass Effect 2 and you have money lying around or something, it looks like... It looks okay. It looks like an action game, you know? It's not... It doesn't look bad. Um, we play a lot of games here, though, so yeah. we get to say things like derivative and be like, I don't care. 
which is pretty much what I'm saying right now. Right. Like, derivative, I don't care. I played Darksiders like two weeks ago. I don't need to play another action game. But if, you know, if you haven't, it looks fine. Don't fall for the, like, don't fall for the hype of all, like, the gory stuff. Like, that stuff is so not important to that game. Yeah. I mean, all of the disgusting imagery and the storyline, I mean, it's just off to the side. It's, it's an action game that works pretty well yeah. with some, like, mini-game elements. Yeah, and then, I mean, yeah, next week is Bioshock 2, and I don't know how excited people are, are for that, but... I have mixed feelings. Mixed feelings? Which I've had since the beginning, Yeah, basically. Is it because it's, uh, because they start, I mean, it's not irrational doing it? It's, even though it was... it's, whenever you switch developers and start, you know, adding in things that seem totally unnecessary, like, you know, playing as a big daddy or multiplayer, then I start to get a little worried. I don't know if, if the game's going to be good. I haven't actually played it. Everyone who I've spoken to, you you played it at preview events and everything. Yeah, you yeah. said it's fun. So, yeah, I mean, I'm going to play it. I'm definitely going to play it. I just, you know... I'm, yeah, and the multiplayer was actually wary. surprisingly fun, which, yeah, and we were, we were sort of talking about this on, on the last podcast, except We Gotta Go Back was, <laughs> was mentioned every three seconds, <laughs> and a, a fantastic <laughs> bedazzler uh, already opened, pre-used, that was in the uh, Three Red Lights Yeah, that's why that podcast items. should never really be uh, on the internet. Well, the reason it won't be on the internet, though, is because I'm too lazy to post it. <laughs> <laughs> When you really get down to brass tacks, because I, I got an email on Friday saying that it lazy. was exported and there was an MP3, Ugh. and then I deleted the email and I went home for the weekend. There was a majority of the time was spent, you know, please bid on this item. Yeah, um, yeah. It doesn't make any sense now. No, yeah, it's kind of pointless. Yeah, but but I was playing Bioshock Two uh, multiplayer, and I mean, yes, it is sort of weird just because the first game did not have multiplayer. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just single player only, but I mean, it was kind of fun. It's not like uh, it, it's not like a, a pinpoint accuracy shooter, like something right. like Counter Strike or the console equivalent of something like Modern Warfare, where yeah, I mean, everyone's you know gunning for headshots. Like you can just still headshot and stuff, but it's more about like because you you have magic powers, so right. that um, and you know the the shooting isn't extremely precise in yeah. that game. Like it's not a like a super honed like first person shooting. Uh, your mechanic. red is like the size of a dinner plate, isn't it? Yeah, basically. Yeah, I mean, it's not like you're shooting to a very specific spot. Um, so, I mean, what what you can do is just equip a whole bunch of different loadouts that have interesting effects on uh, on other people, you? like you know, lighting them on fire, like electrocuting them, like all the standard Bioshock stuff, and then you get some like multiplayer specific uh, elements, like an arrow dash, which is like you charge across the ground really quickly for a little uh, a little span of ground and if you hit someone you actually like stun them so then you can follow up with you know a shotgun blast or something like that also there's an elephant gun Ooh. yeah i'm definitely going to have to check that game out but, i, might, uh, I yeah. might check it out yeah it should be fun we'll i mean see. and you know it still has the whole single player component so yeah. i mean you don't i mean i know a lot of people are like you know uh multiplayer and bioshock whatever you well, know well you don't have to play it i don't care well exactly it's like <laughs> well you know then don't play it yeah <laughs> Was there a tagline, we got to go back? Uh, no, surprisingly. It should have been. Yeah. Although I guess that would have applied. because it's... shock 2, we got to go back. We... <laughs> <laughs> Hello, marketing. Drop the ball. Do the math. Yep. Do the yeah. math, guys. Do the math. Uh, but no, that was not, uh, that was not part of the, the marketing, I believe. Although the multiplayer does take place before, because like, the way they set up the story is like, Bioshock 1 is the story of sort of... Ha- it's it's after the fall of Rapture. It's after the city has already crumbled. But it's like um, you're basically following that story. That's what all the audio logs are. Is you're just learning about how the city like came apart and what happened, and then 
you know, that's it. That's that's the main thrust of the story. Whereas this one is more, uh, well, and also you're discovering your your own origins and and dealing with Andrew Ryan and stuff. Um, but then this one, the single player story is actually like ten around I think ten years after that, mm. where you play as a different character, like you were saying, you play as a big daddy. And then the multiplayer is actually before the first game, so it's before all that stuff happened. Why do they need feel the need to make a story for the multiplayer? They give a go, they give it go back. To they, they, I think they gotta go back. They give it go back. What, Everybody yeah. knows you don't need a story for multiplayer. You know, I would like to say real quick that I watched the Lost recap last night yeah. before the two episodes because I just wanted to remember everything that happened. Yeah. And in all of the clips, they did not show We Gotta Go Back. It was not in the official recap. And it's like, how do you not show that? It's like the it's, it's like the crux of the entire like second half of I'd that be series. I'm getting to wonder if that was even ever said or if that just came out of my my brain. <laughs> no, it was absolutely said was because the, the promo for that season was just Jack screaming, We Gotta Go oh yeah, that's right. They're like, we, was they the go, that was a we go back to the island, and then Jack's like, we never go back. <laughs> Kate, Jack, Scully, no, Scully. bang bang, <laughs> Scully, no. Two gunshots go off. Yep. Every promo for every television show ever. We have a code black. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> gunshots. Gunshots, code black, lights go off. The who but plays? Can I just say the greatest? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you don't. You don't fall six stories, get up and walk away. You do if you've got something to hide. Yeah. Wait, but wait, that the best. Sense. The best promo I've ever seen. I've never seen this show. It's called Flash Forward. Everybody blacks out and sees their future. Apparently, everything I heard know about the show I know from commercials. Last night during <laughs> Lost, they said. The unthinkable happens, and it goes cuts to black, comes back, and he goes. The guy goes, "We're going to have another blackout." <laughs> I was like, "That's not the unthinkable." That was the whole point of the first season. It already happened. <laughs> so the writers were just like, "What do you got? Do it uh, again. Do it again. Do it. Uh, we gotta do, go back. We gotta go back. <laughs> we gotta go back to the original premise, guys." I was like, "I've never even seen the show, and that is the first thing I would think of." Whatever. Anyways. Yeah, I don't remember I was talking to or something. No, but I was just really disappointed because <laughs> I was looking forward so much to seeing We Gotta Go Back in the in the recap, and it just wasn't there. So I don't know if that's been if that's if that's overplayed in in Lost uh, in, think, in the writers' room or something. Yeah, I think only we pay attention to things so stupid. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's also the part where Jack's got the huge like hangover beard, and he's just like, Kate, Kate, I love you so much. Uh, we gotta go back. <laughs> we gotta go back. Kate, no. I remember I watched that episode again just to laugh, and he was like, we have to go back to the island. I'm like, oh, I played that one up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> no, and he says it twice, yeah, because yeah. he initially is like, Kate, we gotta go back. And she's like, you know what, you're a drunk pillhead, you know, <laughs> complete mess of a person yeah the part of which the, he realized and then he's like we gotta go back and the, he does it a little more dramatically the part of the series where jack looks like the bassist for fish uh yeah pretty much <laughs> they should just return to that because he's driving that sweet car too and he's just like blasting rock music the whole time it's like a like old like bronco or something i yeah, probably yeah, got that he's, wrong but yeah, he's driving a jeep or whatever yeah driving around all high on drugs screaming at people he's pretty much house md at that point he turned into house mm-hmm so Bioshock 2. Uh, oh, yeah, so <laughs> Bioshock 2, the, the multiplayer stuff is actually before um, any of the other events, so any of the single-player stuff. So it's basically set in the, like, Civil War oh, yeah. time oh, when yeah, people yeah, yeah. were fighting each other, which makes sense. Well, that's I mean, what I was saying. Well, you don't need a story for multiplayer, though. Come on. Well, it's. I think it's nice that they put that in there because most modes are just like, hey, and there's multiplayer, and then you just you know find a server and you know whatever you jump in a match. But it's nice that there's that there is a narrative context there. I think that's kind of cool because most people don't really take time to to do that. 
it's not really integrated into the fiction. It's just kind of a here go kill people type thing. Yeah, I guess. So uh, during Bioshock Two, <laughs> do you uh, do you find audio logs from the first game and you just listen to the first game the whole time? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's one. There's one audio log at the start, and it's about twelve it's hours long, and it's basically the audio of an entire playthrough of the first game, huh. and you just kind of listen to that. So it's really meta. Yeah, it seems like a big waste of time. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not in the game. Oh, there are there are new audio logs and such, and yeah, you do hear from and and you hear this early on. You hear from uh, Andrew Ryan in the game. There are also logs from him, so you get the setup because there's like there's a new villain in in Rapture, well, not villain, but there's a new sort of ruler after the events of the first game, and she's more uh, a religious leader, so you, it, the game early on uh, defines very clearly, like, the differences between uh, Ryan and, and Sophia well, Lamb. What's left to rule? Not was, much, Was there yeah. a hidden section of the city that we didn't see? Yeah, that it kind of like, seemed like everything was in chaos and everyone was killing each other. Like, you have leaky pipes for how many years? Like, the place is underwater now, shouldn't it? Uh, apparently, they did a bang-up job when they built that place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How Just many like, doors? It was, it was built to accommodate leaky pipes all over the place, and it's like the largest underwater... I don't know how everything stays pressurized, if that's what you're asking. I have no idea. I'm just saying, the first one, it seems like I pretty much effed that place up, right? How many pressure breaches were there, and... Well, I mean, you did you you diverted the what the the core meltdown or whatever in the first game that didn't actually happen. See, they'll probably do this for Bioshock Three, but I actually thought Bioshock Two would have been more interesting if they went prequel route before the fall. Yeah. Well, so, well, that that would be a cool, I think, role playing game. Is if you are like in Rapture well, still when it action, first starts up. More, I guess it would be it would be less action, but you could still add in a fair amount of action in it. I mean, there was still. A whole bunch, like all those class struggles and everything. Yeah, there there was a lot of yeah tension. So you could, I mean, I guess it could be a stealth game. You do like assassinations or something. I don't know. You could do something you do cool thief. with it. I think I, I just would have preferred to explore Rapture before it got there, destroyed. There was a whole as mob war to... going on then. You know. Yeah, I think that's sort of what they wanted to get at with the uh, the multiplayer. But I mean, yeah, there's definitely stuff to still still uh, go yeah, after. And there. I'm sure they will if if this one sells. You know. More than six copies, they'll go Bioshock Three. Well, there's still maybe, the, maybe there's we'll still, get to do the. There's the still whole the uh, the movie too, I believe. Although I have no idea what's going on with it, but there's a movie. I don't know. It'll either get canceled or end up starring The Rock, and it'll be awful. <laughs> <laughs> In a tooth fairy outfit. Yeah. <laughs> what's up? I didn't change my costume. He's wearing scuba gear. He is, he is a big, He calls himself the Big Daddy. He's Wayne not Johnson is the Big Daddy. <laughs> He's, he's not even in a suit. He's just walking around. <laughs> yeah, it's Dwayne Whatever, Johnson. I'm a big daddy. I don't need he's diving got like armor. A hand drill. <laughs> he's got like a, he pulls his sleeves he's up. Got a Bob Vila power drill. He's yeah. just like swatting little sisters out of the way. He's Crafty. like, get out of my way. What are you doing? That's gross. <laughs> You're gross. I don't like this place. <laughs> it's just like cardboard cutouts of fish in the window of an office building. <laughs> <laughs> At at about a two dollar budget. Every every five minutes, he turns and winks at the camera. The camera call me Big Daddy. The camera's <laughs> just sitting behind like a fishbowl the whole time to make it look like underwater or something. Yeah, fisheye lens. The whole thing's filmed with fisheye lens. <laughs> uh, I want to see this movie made. I think we just got this. It's just in the sewers of New York. <laughs> that would be terrible. Plasmids. Oh, I man. smell fan movie. Yeah. Anyway, that's that seems cool. Um, I'm looking forward to that at least. But you still need to play Mass Effect too. I do. I want to do that this weekend. 
Um, because I've only played an hour and a half of that game so far, and I haven't even done the first mission, but it was already totally you awesome. You pretty much got the gist. Yeah, I mean, I think I think I pretty much have it. There's yeah. probably nothing else to that do. That game's long. Is it there's long? A, there's a lot to do in it. I mean, yeah. you, can, you can make it through the game fairly quickly. I think if you really wanted to rush through it, you could probably do it in maybe... 12 hours. The game, like, pushes that's you, a too. Rush. That's a rush through? Yeah, I think if you, if you yeah. rush through it, you go about 10 to 15 hours, I'd say, if you're really rushing. Maybe uh, maybe faster if you're crazy. I was really surprised. The game's like, come on, let's do this. Come on, let's beat the game. Yeah. And you're like, no, I don't want, I want to do stuff. They're like, no, 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 don't worry about those 500 planets you haven't visited. That cool stuff could be happening. Yeah, they do, they do funnel you. I mean, it, it makes sense because it is such a big world that they, they make it so that it is accessible if you've never... Well, I've, I've never seen a game include so much content that they're like, yeah. eh, no, don't worry about those those planets. No, let's go. Let's just go beat the game. Come on, yeah. come on. Forget the other characters. I'm like, are you are you serious? Are you sure you don't want to beat the game? Yeah, I'm sure I don't want to beat the game. I want, <laughs> I want to go experience the whole thing. I think it's really cool though. It does funnel you along. It almost seems linear until you stop and go, wait a minute, can I do something else? And like from the very beginning of the game, you haven't even gone and done the first mission, but you got no, the ship. You got the Normandy, right? Uh, I don't even think I got my oh, ship okay. yet. Spoilers. Yeah, there's the well, ship. Yeah, I, you, you get, get the Normandy in the game. I, I figured that much. <laughs> I figured that much out. So anyway, once, as soon as you get the Normandy, the they're like, "You should go do these missions." But you don't have to. You can just like go off to the Citadel and go talk to the Council and fly off and go check in at other planets. It's like cool. the, you can do a lot of stuff. At I've the never very even been to the Citadel. Yeah. And the game's trying to <laughs> try to beat itself. They, they never to... they never explicitly tell you to go to the no. Citadel. You get little messages at your thing if you want to read which you know how much I hate reading. Yeah. But I didn't actually end up going to the Citadel by reading those. I only noticed those later because I just was like, I got a spaceship, woo! And I just started <laughs> flying around. Well, yeah, I started flying around. And, you know, if there's a lot to do in an RPG, I usually do it by proximity. I'll do all the things close to me, then I'll do the things farther out. And then it's an old construct in my mind based on random battles. Right. You do the things closest to you because it'll take the least time. Less random battles, they're probably easier. But... But you don't have to do that. The Citadel was not the closest thing to me by a long shot. And as I played through the game, more stuff kept appearing. So I never got there. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually worthwhile to go to the Citadel early on because you can go to some shops and get some cool upgrades. Damn it. But there are <laughs> upgrades for, like, your armor, your gear and stuff? Your armor, your guns, the, a your lot of biotics. the guns, your biotics. So you can buy upgrades? Because, I mean, I, I, I was looking through the upgrade so you panels can, you and can it was research. just like one, two, three, four. Yeah. So you, Excuse me. you can research upgrades. Which you can you can find stuff out in the during quests and stuff, and when you find them, then you have to go research them, or sometimes you're awarded them, and then you go research them. There's also, or you can just purchase upgrades yeah. in stores. Oh, there's also so there's, uh, yeah unmentioned upgrades that are not part of the one two three four system. Yeah, like little items and stuff. Okay. Oh, so answer me this. So I no. Uh, no? Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, never mind. I won't. I won't. <laughs> well, ask the question before we don't answer it. Okay. So I was trying to pick a class. Yeah, and I went at. at you go, did you go Vanguard? No, I did not. Go oh, Vanguard. the Vanguard's such a good class. Okay, so the Vanguard's a good class, yeah. but I was reading various threads mm -hmm. that said that biotics are sort of useless in the game or aren't aren't as useful all the way through. Because I wanted to go adept because you get singularity, and I think that's a cool skill. Yeah. But I didn't know if that was going to be sort of the thing where I'm sitting at end game, like I can't do crap well, with any of this stuff. Because everybody knows from playing Mass Effect One that a lot of your biotic powers don't don't really work very out. well on uh, machines. I mean, well, no, large machines. Yeah, well, there mm. actually are some good ones that you can use in this one. Okay. I, I don't think you'll have a problem no matter what class you take. Um, they, well, I mean, I'd, I'd, I don't want to be a class where I'm disappointed. Like, I mean, I can be like, okay, I'm getting through the challenges, but I, I would this say could don't be so much go cooler. engineer then. Because <laughs> I, I, I did a playthrough with the engineer. So the engineer's okay. So the engineer's the one that's got the like sentry something, yeah. sentry which I thought bot. was going to be so cool. Right, it's not very cool. 
No. I, I mean, th- playing as an engineer is very tactical, which it, it just didn't jive with me as a as a gamer as much. Because you you get the little sentry, you can, and there are robots everywhere in the game, obviously, and you can uh, AI hack them. And then you have your two squad members, and once you do that, all of a sudden, you know, you've got tons of guys on the field, and then you just sit there, you know, take out your pistol and pick guys off. But I don't know, I didn't find that. It was kind of boring. Thrilling. Some people really love that. They like. Well, it sounds like so. That's like the summoner role. That's like if you want. It's like in a fantasy game if you've got necromancer dude who can like raise skeletons or something. Yep. Okay. It's like that, but I I don't know. I didn't find it very fun because it's not direct action, and the opposite of that is the vanguard, which is super in your face action, which is really fun. Yeah. I don't think the engineer really jives with Shepard's overall personality either. Yeah. He's like, we're going to go save the world. And then he takes out his TI-86. Plays some drug wars. Hides in a corner. Yeah. Mafia wars or whatever. What was that game? Drug dealer? Mop, uh, but dr- Singularity is, is cool. And um, what's the other one? The uh, Warp. The Infiltrator who can go invisible. Oh, yeah. That's what I am. He's, he's cool. <laughs> that, that class is awesome. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, yeah. And I mean, I, I also – I was thinking of the Vanguard because it seemed like the, aside from the soldier, the Vanguard is the only one who can use a shotgun. And that was by far my favorite part of the first game. Oh, was the shotgun's getting, awesome. Getting a shotgun awesome. and getting like some sort of like – it was like an over – overdrive mod yeah, or yeah. something for you the shotgun this one, yeah. that did like 7 billion percent damage and it was just like concussion one shot that's yeah. the one in this one that's but the, uh, okay. the vanguard doesn't get concussion shot no I no I, but anyway I the vanguard's awesome it. because you get the uh, the charge technique which like flies makes you go flying across the uh, battlefield and when you level that all the way up you can uh, every skill once you level all the way up you can uh, choose like a branching path for it and one of the branching paths for that one is that you, when you come out of the charge, it slows down time for a few seconds. So you can fly into the middle of a battlefield, knock into a guy, he goes flying, turn in slow motion, shotgun another guy in the face, and then turn and just punch another guy. It's so satisfying. It's awesome. Yeah. Okay. Or you can do all three of those to one guy, and he's definitely dead then. Yeah. And the infiltrator, uh, you know, you, it, show, it tells you what you get with these when you look through their skill sets, mm-hmm. but... Um, the slow motion at, into the sniper rifle, every time you aim at the sniper rifle, oh, it yeah. goes into slow motion, and the slow motion increases, like how long you get it. The best part about that is also the vocals go into slow motion. So whenever <laughs> somebody's talking, you can just hit the aim button. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've missed nobody's, a lot of plot points. Because the yeah. Miranda will be talking, she's like, Shepard, I don't think... <laughs> and I'm just laughing, and then I don't know what she says. Shepard, I think we should talk in private. Why don't you just go more... <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm laughing. She's like, Shepard, Stop playing with your sniper rifle. <laughs> We're having an intimate conversation. Put that away. I've always. <laughs> I'm sorry. What was that? <laughs> I, I, didn't, I didn't quite catch that. I didn't catch that. This is awesome. Also, uh, oh look, check me out. I'm invisible. Being invisible, there's not really a stealth element to this game, right? As soon as there's enemies, they're like, "We've been spotted." Like, yeah. yeah, of course you have. No, there's it's like not four stealth. People in this hallway. No, it's not stealth. It but does allow you to get out of stuff. Yeah. If, if you get surrounded, you can run away, which is yeah. actually very useful. In Basically, if you too. run into a thing and a mech shooting rockets at your head, you hit the stealth button, and they, he goes, target lost, and just fires at the wall. So you can run off to cover. Also, run behind him and start shooting him in the back of the head or something. And backstab. Yeah. Also, yeah. you get epic damage bonuses by shooting people while you're cloaked. Mm-hmm. So basically, it's a go cloaked, one hit kill button, which is awesome. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, also, when you go into slow motion you, through the scope, everything goes into slow motion. So if you set your uh, teammates to do awesome stuff, like throw guys around, then go into scope mode, it just looks so great. Because you're seeing things through a scope with people just flying all over the place, getting shot in the head. It's pretty good. See, what I like doing is playing as either like a soldier or a vanguard or an infiltrator. Soldier seems boring, though. But, but then bringing uh, 
heavy biotic users with me. Mm. Oh, and, like your party members? As the other party members. Yeah. Yeah. And then I just have them just like start lifting guys up in the air and tossing them around and slamming them on the ground. That's one of the new powers. The slam, where they lift up and then... Who gets who gets get, a slam? Uh, who is that? Is that Miranda? Yes. Uh, see the Miranda or Jacob? I don't know. See, I, I always like playing where I'm I'm the magic user, though, because then I can just send out tank grunt dude into the center and then just sit back and throw fireballs at But it's so easy to direct... The, uh, the other guys to use their powers now in Mass Effect 2 where it, was, it wasn't in Mass Effect 1. Well, because it wasn't in Mass Effect but, 1. Exactly. <laughs> in the 360 version, at least. Yeah. yeah. So you, you just go and, like, you can actually direct, like, hey, you go use lift. You go use lift on that guy. And then all the guys start flying in there, and you just walk in with, like, a shotgun and just start pegging everyone. Yeah. But then if you hit, if they're floating and you shoot them with a shotgun, do they go flying backwards? Like They can. Yeah. Okay. It's awesome. See, that's fun. Yeah. That yeah. was the be- that was actually one of my favorite parts in in the first game at least was was near the end when you're in sort of the outside of the ship. Spoilers. Oh yeah, yeah spoilers. Yeah. Um, well, I'm yeah, I'll try to be general, but you're you're on the outside of the ship with like grab boots on or something. Yeah, and you can just send them flying. As oh, soon yeah. as you kill someone, they start flying off in some random direction. You're like, oh right, I'm standing on the outside of a ship because you're otherwise no you're gravity, just yeah. So I have yeah, a, I have it's a, a really cool perspective thing. I have a character that has an epic shotgun with concussion shot, and since you can direct people to do stuff now, I just constantly have him use concussion shot. And he screams like expletives every time he uses it, and the characters just shoot across the screen. So it's like concussion shot. He goes, "You're on your ass," and the guy just flies across the screen. And I'm like, "Yes!" I have not stopped laughing about that. I just every time I get the opportunity, it's, a, it's an awesome power. Yeah. Well, I did. I got. I picked up the 360 version because I was playing it on PC, but I don't know. I don't know. It looked really pretty, but. The PC version, if you have a really good PC, it looks a little better, and you get a little bit more customization, but they're basically identical games. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's what I figured is they're sort of the Remember same Remember when thing. we saw it on the, uh, what is it, the MX-11, the Alienware? Little uh, the little one? The little guy. I had, oh, you didn't I, see no, it? No, I didn't see it running oh, on the MX-11. That was the coolest thing I've ever seen. The little, it's the Alienware, uh, it's not a netbook, the thing's more powerful than, like, you know. But it's around it, it's around high end netbook price though. Yeah, it's about, the base model. The is. base model is eight hundred dollars. Now I don't think we were looking at the base model. No, probably not. I think we we're looking. But the even the higher level models, uh, the things that you can upgrade that would affect the running of Mass Effect Two, not that much more. Well, I think Mass Effect Two, like I was running it on my home computer, which is not super high end right. at all. And it, I mean, it's a. I got that computer like almost five years ago, and I've upgraded components of it. Yeah. Uh, so the the best thing in it is the video card, which is a eighty eight hundred GTX uh, seven sixty eight megabyte card, um, which ah, it, which dork. is yeah. <laughs> ah. I like hardware, um, <laughs> but uh, I mean that's not. I mean it's a good card, but it's by no means high end anymore. Is it, um, is it an Apple II? Are you using an Apple II? Uh, also, the screen is like black and green. I'm assuming that's normal. Mine's, it's an HD display. It's an HD display, though. Oh, nice. Wait, are you yeah. playing Mass Effect 2 Text Adventure? I'm playing it through my BIOS menu. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. The graphics are incredible. Frame rate out of this world. Um, but it was actually running really well at, at super high settings on that computer, mm-hmm. which I was really surprised about because then I was like playing Stalker. Uh, Clear Sky and or not Clear Sky. I'm sorry. Call of Pripyat, the new one for for review, and that game, of course, is still sort of technically messy and uh, surprise was not yeah not really surprising. What's that game coming out 360? Uh, that's probably not gonna happen because I totally don't care. <laughs> Whatever. That game's awesome. Stalker. Well, Clear Sky was not awesome, but uh, the first one and and Pripyat from what I've played are are really good. Yeah, that makes people who think Oblivion is hardcore look like a bunch of weenies. 
Yeah, pretty much. That game is, is extremely hardcore. You have to pretty much build your gun. Then you have to build the bullets. Then you have to. Well, no. Then you have to direct the bullet. No, that's that's head. when Stalker. <laughs> you have to steer each bullet. When Stalker was first announced, <laughs> it was like the most hardcore game of all time. It was like you you have to like eat meals and sleep regularly, and it was just it sounded like you basically had to live in like this horrible wasteland you with monsters. You have a peanut butter allergy. You have died. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it basically sounded like the most hardcore game ever. And then I think at some point they're either like we can't do this, we're running out of time or, you know, hey, oh, we actually like, or this is the least fun we thing ever created. Or this is just not <laughs> what, or, what or we, we play thinking? tested this and the person actually passed out from boredom and frustration. <laughs> So it's like actually being in Chernobyl. So yeah, exactly. It's like oh man, it's I played the game and it was like I was actually there in a horrible wasteland being attacked by monsters. Like have wait, you, why am I playing this? Have you ever wanted to die of radiation yeah. poisoning? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, of course. Um, anyway, but Has yeah, this the, ever happened to you? Yes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Mass Effect Two runs really well on PC. But I think I'm just going to do the the 360 playthrough since it does have the squad commands and stuff. Can I can I just say that uh, if you've seen Mass Effect Two running on um, the MX11, which is a little bundle of amazingness, Dave the, likes the MX11. It's so cool. <laughs> it's a gaming PC in the palm of my hand for eight hundred dollars. Yeah, that's pretty cheap. Can I just say that that makes the iPad look like the biggest piece of garbage in the entire well, world? Well, I think it's pretty much confirmed that the iPad is a piece of garbage. <laughs> my favorite favorite part about the iPad announcement was that um, that it was a piece of garbage. No, Iwata, Iwata from Nintendo. <laughs> this is the best commented, quote. He commented on it saying. He's asking, I don't remember what the exact quote was, but he basically said, I don't understand why they would just release a bigger version of something they've already released. When, when Nintendo just released a bigger version of the DS in Japan, <laughs> it doesn't add, he was like, it doesn't even add any new features. I'm like, you're doing the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. It seems like Nintendo and Apple are in a war to be the most have the most irrelevant upgrades of all time. They they have a same, the similar business model though, and it's making them buttloads of money. I, yeah, mean, I mean, here's, here's the business model: release old technology <laughs> at, a, at an exorbitant price, put some curvy edges on it, and market it as something cool, yeah. and then just laugh at all the people who buy all this stuff. Uh, you forgot you forgot a critical component. What was that if? It is sitting on a stand. Make sure the stand has it at a diagonal. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Very important. Oh, and, and then tell everybody they need it, and then they'll then all their fans will and, go buy it. And blatantly ignore new technology. Yeah. Such For as example, DVD playback. <laughs> yeah. Such a, that's that's not a new technology. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. Blatantly ignore old technology. Yeah, no. <laughs> like like you know Flash. Blatantly call out. We do not support this. Like, oh, are we yeah. are we talking about iPad? Again? iPad uh, okay. and and um, HD. We do not support HD. The consumer does not want it. Or, or you know, online play. Or online. Yeah, the yeah. flash thing is really annoying. I don't I don't get that. That's I mean, I I love using my iPhone to, to browse the web, but that's still I just don't understand with the iPad why you would get it in not an iPhone. It's basically the same thing. Yeah, I don't but understand why you'd but want But not a phone it, and not a camera. But it's enormous and it's like not really portable and yeah. it, it would be I mean, it's I'm sorry, but that's embarrassing if you're holding one of those things. It's just a giant like i it looks like a It's a giant. It looks it's like a, giant a prop iPod touch. iPhone. It's like that <laughs> it's like that scene from uh from Top Secret where have you guys seen Top Secret yeah, with, yeah, with yeah. Val Kilmer? Okay, so when the the German dude is Thought standing you were in the room, about the time when they did the whole scene backwards with the books. That was a cool scene. <laughs> um, I think right before that was when the 
there were pigeons standing all over the pigeon statue and they were pooping all over the place. Yep. Um, but no, I'm talking about the scene where... Uh, Comedy gold. <laughs> doesn't get any better than that. Uh, the scene where the German dude's standing in the room and at the front of the screen there's a phone and it starts ringing and he walks up to it. And it's not in perspective. And it's not it's in yeah, perspective at all. Phone, it's yeah. just a giant phone and you fix it up and it's just... I mean, it's hilarious because the phone's so big. Yeah. But that's sort of what the iPad is. Yeah, yeah. trigger-happy television. I, I want to I walk around with my iPad and scream into it like, hello! <laughs> It's like a Zach Morse phone. Are you there? Yeah, yeah basically. It's uh, like the the dude is still walking around with a giant boombox instead of earbuds or whatever. Uh, this is a really disappointing And it's $600 oh, oh, yeah. in your uh, face. Ah, ha, ha, without data. Or you could pay $200 more and get a MX-11, which runs Mass Effect 2. Which you can play Mass Effect 2 on. And it also, you can run multiple and applications yes, at the also same time. Yes, also, it's a computer. It's yeah. an Alienware. Amazing. Uh, the, the disappointing part for me is, you know, someone who maybe understands the Apple Zealotry as someone who is in graphic design. I think you're all idiots, by the way, but still, I understand it. <laughs> was, uh, was that it's not a creative device. It's a, a, cons- it's a consumption device. Mm-hmm. So the, the big pull for Apple back in the day was not that it was shiny and you were better than people. It was that it was creative people rallied around it. Because, because you, it was easier to edit movies and images and stuff. Easier to create art yeah. or do your job on it, you know, your artsy job. And while you're wearing your wireframe, gla- wireframe glasses. Well, yes, several, several pairs of them. You also have several yeah. reserves yeah, in your I pocket. I have crashed less than you today. <laughs> but the <laughs> iPad is not a creative device. I mean, the apps could make it that way. But let's face it, the apps are just going to be made for iPhones still anyways. Um it's a consumption device. It's something like, oh, look, Kindle has a market. Let's take that market. You know, mm-hmm. go buy a book. Go buy eight hundred dollars worth of books. Yeah, I'm still not. <laughs> I'm still not sold on the whole. Because I was looking at like Kindles and and uh, what, what's Barnes and Noble things? Uh, Nook, which Nook, is sold yeah. out until whenever. Yeah, they kind of rushed that out and uh, um, forgot to make them. But yeah, that's just that that whole thing just seems like it's still a, a, like a generation or two away from being actually worth buying. Well, yeah, well, that's what Apple's trying to do. They're trying to jump over mm-hmm. that gap and say, look, we this is the ultimate reading device. Um, it's not, although it's, it's, not, not, it's, it's not. It's not electronic paper, which is important to me. E-paper. E-paper, so that it looks like you're reading. <laughs> Digital ink. Like, I don't want to stare at a screen, no matter how good it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's just a, you know, let's expand iTunes into the written word and make some money off of it device. And it's obvious because it doesn't even have a camera on it. Like, you know, you didn't even try. Yeah, so. even Nintendo put a camera on the DSi. <laughs> even if it's a, you know a camera that I had on my phone in 1996. So what, saying, so what you're saying is it's a it's basically a virtual boy. It's basically a piece of garbage, is what it is. <laughs> it's a bigger version. It's a bigger, worse version of what you already have. Yeah. If you have an iPhone and an extreme, or, or an iPod Touch, yeah, an extreme waste of money. Yeah. In this economy, really, you're going to go spend that much money on an iPad that is basically good for nothing. Uh, no. I don't. I don't think very many people are, except for like the people who buy everything Apple makes, regardless, which still sort of boggles my mind. Well, that's bit. fine. I mean, you know, they just like the device itself. Yeah, it's, it's, it's gonna. It's, it's gonna collect dust. Like you're. Ne- I'm convinced that nobody would want to use no, one of those publicly <laughs> because it's so big. No, that... they'll want to use it. They'll want to go sit at a coffee shop, but and you drink have... their latte and sit there going like this. I'm, you, I'm making yeah, like, a, like I'm making a really I don't know stuck up motion <laughs> right now. <laughs> Eric's making an extremely exaggerated swiping motion yeah. across the huge screen on. But it's not thing. exaggerated. It's what you do. But the, yeah, no, it's exa- it looks exaggerated compared to the iPhone. But that's actually what you'll have to do with the iPad. And you're just sitting. Oh God, you'd look like such an idiot using that thing. Like, I don't know. Uh, I don't think. I don't think I'd want that. No, I, I definitely wouldn't want that. What do I know, though? I still am using like a dumb phone from 
from my yeah, from you three need to, years you need, ago. You need, to, uh, you need to stop Nintendoing around with your phone. And... <laughs> oh, whatever. My phone has more functionality than the DSi. Well, that's probably very true. But the D- the DS is going to be uh, upgraded soon. Everybody, everybody's pointing to it, saying the next version's coming. I'm waiting for what, that. The DS? I actually, yeah. I actually, of just... course, because Nintendo releases a new version of the DS no, every two but days. But like a processor upgrade, like. Yeah. Oh wow! My, my <laughs> seriously, God! Though, They'll seriously. upgrade it to a PSP. <laughs> no, because uh, look at the GBA was was underpowered years before it went off the market. Mm-hmm. The DS the DS was underpowered before it ever launched. <laughs> it was. It was. I mean, come on, that thing is like what a Super Nintendo. You could have made that 20 years ago. No, not 20 years ago, but it's super It's super underpowered. So who cares if they give a, a small processor upgrade? It's not going to change anything. If you want good-looking games on a handheld, you play a freaking PSP. That's the way it is. But nobody does. But nobody does because nobody cares. <laughs> because they'll buy you know the old outdated thing that because Nintendo games are on it. That's the way yeah. it's always going to be, and yeah. it doesn't matter about the processor. It's not like you're magically going to tap into this new crazy audience well, because you've released a new processor. Well, the other problem with, I mean, just portable gaming in general, like, is I care less and less every day just because I have games on my iPhone. And even though the iPhone isn't the greatest, it doesn't have the greatest inputs, like, most of the time, I don't want to play, like, core games if I'm mm-hmm. if I'm traveling yeah. around. Yeah. I'm just going to play something that I'm going to play for, like, Super five simple, to ten yeah. minutes, or if I'm waiting in line for something, which is, like, you know, 30 seconds, maybe. Yeah. And reason, I can accomplish something, and then close, I'm done, don't have to worry about it The reason I like playing games on the iPhone is uh, the games are ridiculously cheap. Yeah. And um, yeah, you're not paying like. What, and like I don't have PS- to carry around another device. Right. And I new- don't have to carry around a big clunky DS or a big PSP because I I just have my phone. Yeah. Although if you have a PSP Go, then it's all downloaded on your on your PSP Go. But yeah, but then, it's still but then, another device. It, then you have a PSP not, Go. Yeah. Okay, but it's not. <laughs> it is possibly downloaded on your device, but it's not as simple as the App Store. Right. No. Which is which. Is the whole thing like you? Oh yeah, you totally can download stuff, but it's a bit annoying. The bit annoying is the reason you don't use it. Right. That's the bit annoying is the reason or... the iPod became popular in the first place. Right. Because you used iTunes, and all of a sudden it's there on your thing. You're like, wow, that's the problem. That is... wasn't nearly as annoying as this other crazy thing that I had to do with my Windows drivers just to see this stupid little flash card. Man, <laughs> putting putting songs on those old old uh, uh, MP3 players, zip drives. The uh, MP3 players in the past <laughs> were such a disaster. And you're like, cool, I got my four songs on there. Yeah, well, and then next week like... I'll spend another hour trying to put four different. Songs but you didn't here. care because it was like I was used to a tape, so I was like, yeah. "Oh, it's like an electronic tape. This is awesome." Or switching out CDs on a CD player. Like, but, don't but then touch, you went and don't you touch used... the data side. Oh God! Oh, <gasps> but then you played an iPod. It's you used an iPod, and all of a sudden you're like, "Wow, why am I doing this?" Yeah, exactly. Well, the problem for me with all these handheld things is that nothing has been software driven for, uh, that I can. I mean, I haven't had people say, "You got to play this game." It, the, all the conversations are like hardware based. Oh, this camera stinks, and it's easier yeah. to download. But nobody talks about the games because the games so far. I mean, a Peggle, Peggle, and no, Peggle, Peggle is better on iPhone than it is on DS. Yeah, sure. Peggle but I, is and, still my. I still play Peggle on cheaper. iPhone after like a year yeah. and a half or whatever it's yeah, been. Yeah, I'm still it's playing. It's four that. times cheaper, and sometimes it goes on sale. It still didn't lead on that device, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I play Peggle on the PC, and people are like, "Now you can play it on the iPhone." I'm like, "Well, yeah, I, I've beaten that game like 800 times. Oh, That's yeah. awesome that it's awesome on the iPhone, but there's no." System seller. No, there's no system seller. Comparative to like, there you know. are a few original iPhone games that are decent, right? But they're not. Because I'm just saying, they're not I, amazing. You know? I would not care about the Alienware awesome little book thing at all if I hadn't seen Mass Effect 2 on it. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, I can play Mass Effect 2 on a plane. 
sweet. I care about the games. There's nothing out right now. I mean, uh, New Super Mario Brothers on the DS was the last software-driven, like, this system's great thing that I cared about. Um, that not to say there's not good games, but yeah. there's not good games that are good enough that people are saying, you have to have this device to play this game. Go, you know, go dust it off. Yeah. Except for Sands of Destruction with Teddy Bear with an eye patch, which I'm playing right now on DS. Uh, what's that? Don't worry I'm, about I'm it. Playing, uh, <laughs> I'm playing Glory of Heracles on the DS right now, so I can review that for IGN. How's that it, going? It's not very good. Oh. It's not awful, but it's just there's nothing exciting at all about it. There's n- absolutely nothing fun. There's no fun. Well, that, <laughs> that doesn't sound very good at all. It's not. A no- it has a lot of things that it's a, a traditional JRPG. There's not, nothing awful about it there's nothing frustrating about it but neither is there any compelling reason to keep playing yeah and i mean why why break out a ds to like go through all that and in, in just in terms of the hassle like okay i have to bring all this gear with me and then i have to turn it on and you know pocket another device and then you drop something and then you lose your stylus and you're like oh crap where'd my yeah. stylus go and then you're like picking through the folds of your shirt like <laughs> oh it's a black ds i can't i'm wearing a black shirt this is so complicated it sounds more like a very specific problem to you i'm just saying this actually sounds gotta, like, like a really bad infomercial you gotta like <laughs> has this ever happened to you <laughs> <laughs> you're just sitting still and then you just launch your ds over your shoulder like oh no where did it go all right let's why don't i have a bungee cord on my this. ds it's like nintendo ds can withstand a we orangutan attack. We talk more about iPhones in the past week than past few weeks than we have 360 games. So yeah, well, let's, no let's, games well, out, there was so. the Dark Siders yeah. Bayonetta period, which That's was true. good. Which was good. Yep, we and did then, talk about games. And then Army Two came out, and uh, well, whatever. Well, let's do some reader mail. Gregor Gregory Gregory Pulio writes in reader mail question. Hey guys, I'm currently playing through Emmy Two. Me too. And love the game. However, I've been wondering about the potential release date for Me 3. Do you anticipate the wait for Me 3 to be as long as Me 2, just over two years? Well, that first of all, that was not a long wait for also Mass Effect ex- 2. Also, do you expect as large an upgrade to the graphics interface in combat, or is the game suitably refined and Me 3 will just receive minor upgrades? Mm. Well, I don't think that was a very long wait for Mass Effect 2, considering, two considering no. the scope of the game, considering uh, like all the story that goes in, all the voice acting, yeah. like that—that that was impressive that that came out that quickly. I and, would anticipate and, two years. And yeah. is that polished? Yep. Um, at least, especially compared to the first one. But yeah, I mean, like, well, when they first revealed Mass Effect 2, like when they were showing it at GDC last year, two years mm-hmm. ago, last, last year. year. Um, yeah, they were just talking about how, or Bioware was about how you know they've gotten a chance to get get familiar with with how they build this game and like how they the <laughs> whole production pro- schedule, the whole process of everything. So it sounds like they've, I mean, it's they've got it down. Like yeah. they know exactly what they're doing. They know how to produce the game. So yeah, I would. I, I think would, it would it would probably be a similar time frame for Mass Effect Three. And yeah, you'd probably see visual upgrades as well. I would assume. I would assume small visual upgrades, small combat changes. The interface hasn't changed a whole lot. I mean, the menu system did, but the actual game interface is largely the same. But I think the focus for Mass Effect 3 is really going to be on the branching storyline. I think that's what they're going to spend most of their time focusing on. Yeah, I mean, it seems like that's that's Just, also what what they're moving more towards is, you know, they, I mean, because they did streamline some of the customization options for 2, right? I, as far as yeah, I understood, I mean, it really, I it really se- when you first start it, you're like, man, there's no customization options. And then by the end, you're like, oh, there, there's actually okay. a decent amount. But it's um, not, it's not like super hardcore, you know, it's not, it's not Dragon Age. Fallout. Yeah, it's not Dragon, it's not Dragon Age. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, the focus on with Mass Effect has always been on the, the actual role playing. Yep. Like that it gives you an environment to 
truly role play in instead of just be like, I'm, this and is make a role. decisions. It's always been yeah. about Bioware's MOs in this series and in a lot of other of the other games has been about forcing the player to make difficult decisions. Right. They did that in, in Knights of the Old Republic too. Um, this is a, I mean, and they do that a lot in Mass Effect Two. Mass Effect Two is slightly edging you towards what's going to be the massive repercussions. So yeah. that's why three is going to be awesome because it's the repercussions of your decisions. And they, it's the big payoff. They they tease it too in Mass Effect Two a lot. Like you'll make a decision, yeah, and then a little while later you'll get like a message or like somebody you'll run into somebody, and the, and it, it'll always end. Basically, the message is, "Hey, that was pretty cool what you did. I'm sure that won't come back to bite you in the ass." And then you're like, oh, oh, what did I do? You start yeah. thinking about it, and you're like, I mean, Mass especially Effect, at the end of the game. Especially at the end of the game. Mass Effect 3 is going to be massive payoff story-wise and everything. Yep. I don't think it'll be that different structurally. It's surprising that we haven't seen a movie yet or, I mean, anything this concrete is, as far as I know. So far, so far, to me at least, this series is better than a movie. Don't make a movie. Storyline's just, just fine the way it is in the game. Yeah. No, I'm not. I, I would absolutely rather play Mass Effect than watch it. So I would. I don't. Yeah, I don't want to watch it because Although I like you do making do a lot of watching. But I like making the decisions. Right. Yeah. I like making those tough choices. Yeah. The interaction. I don't element. want a director to make those choices. Maybe. For me. Maybe in the movie, like everybody votes Paragon or Renegade, and then screw that. I'm not going to see the movie. <laughs> God, that would be the worst movie. <laughs> Rocky Pabalor says, "Is Heavy Rain and Alan Wake a similar game?" No. 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 <laughs> Not at all. Not at all, really. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure Heavy Rain is almost entirely about. Well, as as we were just talking about Mass Effect, it's entirely about making decisions and. It's and, more of an adventure game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Alan Wake is actually an action game. I mean, it's from the makers of Max Payne. Right. So you get action there. Yeah. So although no. when before they showed that game uh, last year at E3, it it nobody was really sure how it played <laughs> mm-hmm. and like how action oriented it was because it looked sort of like an adventure game because they're right. like hey there's a town and you wander around you talk to townsfolk and stuff and it's like so is it just like is it like point and, i mean obviously it's not point and click style yeah. but is it that type of of gameplay progression and then they showed the game and it was like no this is absolutely action. a third person action game yep yeah, yeah. I accidentally uh, walked by Roper's desk and saw the ending of Heavy Rain, by the way, so that was good. Um, <laughs> I really want to play that game. That game, I really that do game too. looks awesome because I, I, I thought Indigo Prophecy was really cool. Um, aside from the, well, the, the combat sequences were okay, but they dragged on. And that Indigo Prophecy was clearly a game where they had awesome ideas and they built it into like the first third. Yeah. And then you could tell they either ran out of money or ran out of time. And it's just like the, the quality just ramped down pretty significantly as you progress through. Yeah, that developer rules. So. I love their games. Um, Harris Foster writes in, First off, I'd like to thank IGN for doing this charity auction for Haiti. It's going to make a difference in a lot of lives. As much as I'd want to, I cannot bid on any of the fine items that you are auctioning. What I would like to see, but I would like to see if I can make a donation of my own. If Charles says a word on the air, I will donate ten dollars towards the Haley Relief. If Charles does not say it, I will light my ten dollar bill on fire. Your choice, Charles. Here's the word. Oh come on! Yeah, I know that's the word. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Right, think, well, I think he's bluffing. I, I'd like to see confirmation of this first because, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to do it right he's now. He's not going to do it, Harris Foster. We need more. We need you to write it again and picks. Send some picks. We need. We need picks. <laughs> picks are didn't happen. <laughs> Yeah, Pixar didn't or it happen, won't basically. happen. Um, Boots says, 
thank you for touching on the subject of the Halo plot, but more specifically the way it doesn't do anything. I read The Fall of Reach, and it is a decent book that reveals a lot of good backstory regarding Halo Universe, but the problem I have is that the game is the main source of the product. It should be the main source of canon. The plots of the games are junk, and the one and one book does better at character development and storytelling than all the games combined. That's just stupid and Bungie or 343 Industries, or whoever makes the next Halo game needs to address this issue. Otherwise, all they're telling me is that the they only care about selling games because they know the multiplayer will sell units, regardless of the storyline contained within, and that's just sad. Just want to share my viewpoint. Um, just real quick, that was from two podcasts ago when it was uh, myself, uh, Greg Miller, Clements, and Steve Butts were all in here, and there was a big Halo bash fest going on. Uh, first of all, you guys all suck at Halo, so I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but second of all, I'm sure Steve Butts is totally awesome at Halo. Second of all, um, I, I don't know how many times I've told this story on the podcast, but it was a Rolling Stone article. Bunchy talked about how they do stories in their games, and they said, we come up with good gameplay mm-hmm. and then wrap the story around it. Yeah. So, oh, this would be really great if we were on an elevator and the whole thing were moving and enemies came in from this direction. Hey, story guy, make, make it, it work. work. So they're not based it's a on... gameplay-driven yeah, story. Yeah, it's not based on selling units, although I'm sure that plays into it because they would like to sell you a copy. It's based on good gameplay. Yep. Um, Books don't have any gameplay, so you don't have to worry about that. The only the only bitching I'll do about the Halo story is that Halo 2, the story just is awful and makes no sense and is totally convoluted. <laughs> I got it. Maybe you just didn't get it. Booger? He was like, I'm a booger. Yeah, no. <laughs> Halo 1, I actually think that story is awesome and it works perfectly for a first-person shooter. Um, Halo 3, the story, you know, Managed to somehow make sense of Halo 2, almost, yeah. which you know is okay. It's not an amazing story. I thought the storytelling in um, ODST was really good, and I think they're going to continue going down that direction for Halo Reach, where it's more character driven and uh, more personal, more more individual personal stories or yeah. rela- uh, stories that are easy easier to, to relate, relate to, to yeah. instead of uh, Super Soldier crushing everyone's face, which is fine yep. for first-person shooters, but yeah. Bungie's done that a whole bunch now, yeah. so it's like it's interesting to see them branch out into into exploring different territory there. Yeah, well, no, they don't have to worry about... I'm sure they're happy about at this point. You don't have to worry about infusing story into being Master Chief. Right. You just can't do it. It doesn't work. It's impossible. So He just sort of kills stuff. I'm Master yep. Chief. That's my story. <laughs> I kill a lot of things. Well, that's pretty much all there is to it. Let's go shoot some guns. Yeah. Alex says about Batman Arkham Asylum, who can I kill Bane? I play the round about ten times now. I, I still die. Thank you. Bane? Uh, the Bane fight. Wait, is he? What? <laughs> you got you to gotta make sure when Bane charges to throw your Batarang and then dodge. That's the t- that's is that the, the Bane fight? Yep. I don't remember. Is that just like the the larger? Is it the same thing as like the larger guys who they'll rev up and try to charge at you, and then yeah. you throw a batarang and they're yeah. like stunned, yep. and then you go combo them for it's a the little same bit. way you do every fight with a guy who's big. And yeah, yeah. Batarang stun dodge. Mary Boff kill, which is still a lot easier than the Croc fight, which is the stu- well not easier but less frustrating. I didn't like the Croc fight at all. No, no, I'm not supporting the Croc fight. That was terrible. I do not support you Croc fight. That's true. Somebody who claims to be Charles Onyet's number one super fan says, sometimes when Charles isn't talking in the podcast for a while, I think is Charles Onyet. Get it? Onyet? Uh, yes. I've never heard that before, surprisingly. Oh, man. That's not true. I've heard that. Like, <laughs> that was like my entire high school. It's spelled omelet. Every, every teacher in high school. Uh, M- Metab writes in, Hi, my name is Metab. You may know me as, and I think this is Gamertag, so I won't read it. I'm sorry I don't play Xbox 360 anymore, nor live, 
I recently, what? oh no, live. <laughs> I recently <laughs> sold it. What? <laughs> oh I recently my sold it, and because of overheating issues, and my account keeps on becoming invalid. I know your online is much more developed than PS3, but it also has much more qualities. But otherwise, you guys have the best gaming console alive. I hope you don't mind. I'm very sorry. Apology not accepted. I, I say good hard. day to you, sir. Yeah, I worked very hard on my onlines and oh, my qualities. And here come the pretzels. This, this is my favorite sorry. email of 2010. Okay. From Adam Dybowski. Well, it's only been a month so far, so yeah. well, got a way to go. <laughs> yeah. Well. Uh, Adam Dybowski, written, written to us on... Uh, on a Sunday evening at 3.36 in the morning. Oh. <laughs> says, uh, well, then. I would like to mod my Xbox 360. Can you please end me some pics so I can hose which mod I want? <laughs> no. No. Are you just going to hose mods? I guess. How do you hose a mod? Another person named Charles. Is that a, is that a verb? There's another Charles. Uh-oh. Subject, gobble go back. Hey guys, have you heard about the new version of Rosetta Stone called Brosetta Stone? I just purchased a copy because it was hard to understand some of my new friends when they said phrases like pregame and BRB bulking. <laughs> and when it's appropriate to use said phrases. Works like a charm. You guys should check it out so you'll know what the hell Nate is saying. BRB <laughs> bulking. Is, is there. Wait, have we web searched this? Is there a Rosetta Stone? I don't know. If there isn't, we need to make We need to make one. The, or Rosetta, somebody, Stone. the Rosetta Stone would be awesome. I need to search. Charles, do you have an internet device? I do have can an you, internet device. I w- wow, I want to use the Rosetta Stone. A, a normal one. You could have examples of Nate, like take out podcast clips of Nate talking. We got some really good emails this week. <laughs> I really hope people honestly put up BRB bulking as like their away messages. You know, if you're not in the gym at least an hour every day. You got a problem. You got a problem because I'm in there at least an hour and a half, you know, working on my fitness. <laughs> And we're back. Thank to, God. We are back to Jersey Shore. Thank God the Jersey Shore. They've locked them all up for season two. You know, the rumors are that they're not going to be on the Jersey Shore. It's going to be like people from the Jersey Shore put into other places. What? Yeah. That's the rum- that's a rumor I heard. I hope it would be bad unless they bring them to San Francisco. Oh, man. Yes. <laughs> the situation I'm go hang needs out to be. Si- situation. I know you listen to this podcast. <laughs> Just throwing it out there right now. If you come to San Francisco... We'd love to hang out. In the marina. We'll I'll take you to the marina. Yeah. We'll work on our fitness. We'll Wait, I just fitness. found the Rosetta Sound software. We can go to Crunch Fitness together. Dude, bro, education software. Oh, yes, it's real. Uh, I, where, I don't even know what site I'm on. I think I just... I Did infect, you just get a virus? I infected my phone with everything. Let's be fair. If you're on the Rosetta Stone, you should get a virus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> BRV bulking. Tony writes in, subject, why? Because... Why can't this be a game? I bet if you made it for Xbox 360, people would buy it. Which game? This. Is it Rosetta Stone? But Robert Clayton Baker might have the answer answer to that. He says, hi. And the email he wrote is, when they make Halo 4. (laughs) That's probably not going to be for a while. Is that a question? No, just a statement. When they make a Halo 4. Ah, here's actually something. Well, we only have a couple minutes left. Greg Brewer writes in about Red Dead Redemption. Oh, we, oh, yeah, we should probably talk yeah. about that. says, I'm sure you're a busy man and the internet is full of whiny and insane individuals, but would you, you would make my life so much better if you told me if you could pick up and place tied-up NPCs where you please, such as train tracks. I'm already twirling my evil mustache in anticipation. So I, I actually got to play uh, Red Dead Redemption, this is about three weeks ago, mm-hmm. two weeks ago. Um, and the, there's all these crazy like little side quests that you come, come across. They're kind of randomly generated around the... Uh, 
the American West where you can just go find bandits and you can help people, help settlers, or you can help the bandits. You can do whatever you want. Pan, pan for gold? Uh, I did not find Panner for gold. But I did come across a guy who looked like he was kidnapping a girl. Yeah. He had her tied up, and he was just kind of like sitting at a, uh, at a camp he had set up, and the girl was sitting on the ground screaming for help. And so you could – uh, you know, you could kill him and save the girl, or you could kill the girl and kill him. You could do whatever you want. The game leaves it totally open. Um, I killed the guy, and she was still tied up. You can pick her up, still tied up, and throw her on the back of your horse and just ride around, which I did for probably about 20 minutes while the guys from Rockstar kept saying, why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? <laughs> You're supposed why to be previewing this? the game. It's like, I'm previewing right yeah, now. Yeah, don't worry. This is I'm, very important. Don't worry, I got this. I drove her, I, I rode her like all the way across to the other end hey uh, of the area and then and then just dropped her on the ground and rode off. <laughs> So I, I imagine you could just put her on train and then tracks if you only wanted. because it's a game made by Rockstar, I dragged her up to the highest point <laughs> and dropped her off and Why said, is this, this game is devoid of morals. <laughs> <laughs> You've done it again. So, yeah, you can do a lot of crazy things. The yeah. game looks really cool, though. The game's um, a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah like, I, I want to see... Uh, like I, I mean, I know you can you can go into towns and you could like just wipe up the town if you wanted yep. to. You can go play mini games in, in like the bar and stuff like that, um, and talk to people and, and find out what's going on and and buy weapons and and stuff like that. Yep. Can you dress favorite... in black and have a huge mustache and just reenact White Earp? Just over you can. And... Can, I don't, can. You can't customize... change your facial hair, your the look of you, but you can change clothes yeah, nice. and stuff like that. But like, I just I want to see what the wildlife system is like because I know there's a whole bunch of animals. You can and go stuff hunting. That, that, yeah. yeah, like just Shooting going birds out hunting sky, and stuff. Not very easy. I learned this. Okay, we're using a revolver. Yep. Can you can you dead eye the birds? Yes. Oh, you can. Yep. Oh, okay. Well, that makes it slightly easier. Yeah, and I, I killed a few birds and I killed a deer. And you can skin the skin the deer and, Finally, and collect deer pelts. Somebody's made an awesome version of Oregon Trail. Yeah. Yeah. So you can just go camp out in the woods and the, kill uh, stuff, and totally yeah. not the, most, participate in the most actual awesome game. Part about the game though <laughs> is that it uses the natural motion stuff that GTA 4 did. Uh huh. So all the animations look so cool. The walking, the horse riding. Yeah. But then also when you shoot guys, they actually react. Like they actually get like a physical bump when they – it's kind of like cartoony Old West though. It's yeah. done up a little bit. So you shoot them and they'll, you know, they'll stumble backwards. You shoot them with a shotgun. They actually go flying. Yeah. And you can combine that with the Deadeye stuff where you slow down time. So much fun. Mm -hmm. I was, that, that's I was, actually coming out this year too, right? In April. It's supposed to? Yep. Is it April? April, I think – yeah, it's April. Is that actually happening? I think on our site, I don't know if this is official. I, th I believe it's official they announced it, but I know on our site we have it listed as like April 27th. It's okay. still planned. Yeah, that'd be awesome. It, it, it said it was planned for April, and they announced, uh, Take-Two announced some delays, but that was not, I don't think that was that part, of part of it. That was part of it. So it still looks like it's on track. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that looks really exciting. Um, I'm probably just going to reenact Appaloosa in that game, just form a destructive relationship with a whore and just kind of sit around talking for, you know, a few hours. For 15 hours. 15 hours. <laughs> <laughs> the... Uh... <laughs> You could do that. <laughs> the, I was uh, the whole time I was there. I just kept reenacting, regardless of the setting, the scene yeah. in Tombstone yeah. where uh, Wyatt Earp just walks out into the river slowly and just starts shooting. No! <laughs> and everyone's like, "No, no!" And, and no one can shoot him. Yeah. So, since I was playing preview, they they obviously turned the damage down so I wouldn't die all the time if I did stupid things. Do you That's, just keep screaming. It's part, no. of, it's, part, it's part of what they do at preview <laughs> events is they make it so you can't die, so you feel like you're better at the game than you really are. Because we because we all yeah, we're, I'm terrible. I hold the controller but, backwards. But I took advantage of this and just sl kept slow walking out into the middle of of, uh, of uh, crazy gunfights and just shooting. 
<laughs> like, slow walking out and shooting people. No! No! <laughs> and what, <laughs> what is notable is that this came out of uh, Red Dead Revolver, which was not originally Rockstar's game. Right. But they Revolver is such a completely different game from Redemption. Oh, yeah. Like, because I've seen people have been like, oh, cool, I really like Revolver. And it's like, this is not, com- it at all. not even close to the same thing. It's this like, is the Wild West only game the... that I've really wanted for a long time. Yeah. yeah. It's only like the same thing, basically, in name. Like the rest yep. of it is and, just and, and totally not happening. Dead eye mechanics and the and the yeah the shooting mechanics. But uh, I'm your huckleberry. This is totally like open world. It's uh, in the vein of GTA, but it's actually closer to a role playing game than it is to GTA because mm-hmm. uh, you can just go anywhere, do whatever you want. You can pick sides. There's a morality system. You get uh, infamy. Like you can be you can be known as a hero, or you can you know go around killing hookers the whole time and your infamy will go up and everyone will think you're like this you know nasty person you can get drunk and just you know kill people or you can go out and be the heroic you know like so butch cassidy type character it's it's totally like i'm just gonna reenact my favorite western scenes yeah the entire time i mean i'm just gonna pick one and reenact it that day and that'll be the game i don't know the story it's really fun and you know they, they really do a lot of little things in it like you can ride your horse on the trails, mm-hmm. and they actually have, if you're riding with someone, you just hold down the A button, and it speed matches so oh, that you nice. can go, like, ride out in posses. And punch them in the face. And uh, I didn't try that. That's not a bad idea. Though. Can you reenact? But you, uh, but you if you go elbows. off the trails, if you go off the trails, there's, like, cacti and everything. And, it, and they had mentioned to me, I didn't see it, but that you actually, like, your horse could get stuck. It doesn't happen all the time when you're on a cactus. cactus. Yeah, like you get stuck and your horse can like become lame. Breaks Ugh. a shoe and then you have to eat yeah. it and you're stuck in the or desert. Or like rattlesnakes are yeah. out there. Yeah, it's the Donner party. I didn't see any yeah. of that stuff. But the cool part is there's all the brush and when you run through it, it actually like gets pushed to the side by your horse. Yeah. There's actually like little physics on all that stuff. Going to reenact Blood Meridian. <laughs> Blood Meridian. I don't think you can reenact you're gonna, that. You're going to meet the devil in the, middle of, uh, in the middle of the desert and then climb up a mountain and create some gunpowder by peeing on it and then yes. so, kill everybody something happens in an outhouse and you're like what the f-? or i almost said something but you're like <laughs> what, what just happened i'm just going to reenact every horrible western and then just by ki- then just McCarthy. take up a residency in a town near a river and just kill everybody for like two years yeah and it sounds like i could do that <laughs> if i wanted to and then occasionally just go over to san francisco and be like oh what's up what's up <laughs> why, why are you still following me mr devil <laughs> yeah I, it sounds like i could do that if i wanted to that game is going to be a lot of fun though yeah, I'm excited about that one. And now I want to go back and read Blood Meridian again. <laughs> yeah, it's going to take me a while before I read that book again. That book took me a long time to read because it was so dense that I was just like, I could not read that book very quickly. It just each sentence is a million massive well, effect twos. When you're, if you, you know, when you read on a plane, if you, you just kind of like start skimming a little bit because you're like dozing off. Yeah. And you like miss like two or three paragraphs in Blood Meridian. If you miss two or three paragraphs, you're like, wait a minute. Yeah, it's, like, it's like four it, years later. They yeah. just summarized four years it's in like, like three sentences. Yeah, like everyone died and it's like a bunch of years later and yeah, you're in a different country and it's like, wait. wait Whoa, what, what happened? Oh, he wrote right there. Oh. And then everyone died in an Indian attack. I'm sure Cormac McCarthy listens to this podcast. I just like to yeah, know. Probably. When, yeah, when's he going to make a game? Yeah, so um. yeah, just to summarize, <laughs> so, to close this out, the situation, you're welcome in San Francisco. <laughs> Uh, Cormac McCarthy, you're welcome to call into this podcast anytime you want. Oh God! <laughs> uh, as, a, as a fellow writer, <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 and uh, oh, you know, please go on iTunes and give us a rating. Uh, Facebook your Twitters. You can go on the Facebook and the Twitters, following IGN. Write into us. We've got an email address. It's uh, three red lights at ign.com. All, all words, no thanks numbers. Thanks to everybody who uh, donated and bid, by the way. Yeah, thanks for making that a great success. 
sorry about the garbage, but you guys knew it was garbage, so I guess I'm not that sorry. No, we thanks we, for the donations. Yes, yeah, that was that was definitely much appreciated. All the viewership and all the donations and all the uh, on all the bidding on on eBay. What a great what a great bunch of people who listen and uh, read the site and you know who listen to this podcast that would actually give money to a big bag of trash, you know. <laughs> No, it, which is this podcast. It doesn't, if you're doing something good, you can, you know, it doesn't matter how you get there. Right? <laughs> There's no morality yeah. system on three red lights. <laughs> yeah, yeah all, but everyone, everyone here is super excited that that went off so well and, yeah. and loves all the support and, you know, that was, that was just a great. Everyone agrees it was a great experience on our end and just because of what everyone how everyone came together and not just the readers all the the uh publishers and developers who donated all that stuff to auction off yeah that's cool is it, yeah there was a lot was of, a, there was a lot of great industry-wide yeah. response there it was sure. just inspiring all around all across the board everyone here is very excited about it and, and it couldn't even be brought down by the and now, Red Lights podcast. now the situation knows that we're excited about it so. and cormac mccarthy they I'm should just, have a show together also a situation <laughs> on a on a side, on, on a side I would, note i, would, I would just want to talk to the situation to one last show. time the situation yeah you could have donated something to this this uh, How charity it? event. Yeah, you've been listening to these podcasts for you know two years now. Some some odd years. <laughs> How great a podcast would that be? It would be the situation. Uh-huh. Uh Cormac McCarthy. Yep. And Charles Onyet. That'd be the ultimate podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and no, and then, then we got to get uh, Paul Krugman on there too. Yeah. <laughs> or as I like to call him, the Krugman. The Krugman. <laughs> Yeah, he actually called himself the economic situation. That, <laughs> that, uh, that nickname was kind of stolen by the situation from the Jersey Shore. He is the original situation. He, is, he was the original situation. BRB bulking knowledge. <laughs> uh, uh, all right, we're done. Yeah. Goodbye. We'll be back next week if we haven't been fired. Yeah. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.